We're looking at Proverbs chapter 5. This whole chapter is about uh, unfaithfulness and the importance of being faithful. Remember as we read this that Proverbs was written from parents to sons. So when we read about the adulterous woman in just a second, don't see that as the Bible being sexist, but realize that it, because this is written to sons, it is appropriate for them to, um, for, the, for the writer to caution the sons against this adulterous woman. But we know that all kinds of people can be unfaithful in many different ways. But what we find here is that unfaithfulness is a trap. The call to unfaithfulness is a trap. And God reveals his truth. And our response then is to use the tactics available to us to combat the desire to be unfaithful. We look now at the trap, the truth, and the tactics. First, the trap. Verse 3, the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Reading on in verse 7, listen to me, do not turn aside from what I say. Verse 9, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to the one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another and at the end of your life you groan. When your flesh and body are spent, saying how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to their instructions, and I was soon in serious trouble, trouble in the assembly of God's people. Friends, God is gracious in giving us his word. He is gracious in giving us his word because we know, he knows how we were made. He knows what is right and good for us. And all of the temptations that would pull us away from what God says is good will ultimately lead to death. Look at verse 5. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight into the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Friends, does this not sound like the culture, much of the culture that surrounds us, unknowing, not understanding who they are because they don't understand who their creator is and they don't know, but they wander aimlessly thinking they're finding life, thinking they're finding ways to live life well, but ultimately it says here, their feet go down to death and they don't even know it. Friends, if we know the truth, if we know how we were created to live, why would we not live that way? We found, uh, we've, as we've looked at Proverbs, that wisdom, which is what Proverbs is teaching us, wisdom is competency with regard to the realities of life. Or as we heard in the children's sermon last week, wisdom is knowing what is right and then doing what is right. And we do what is right because we trust that the one who teaches us our 
God, our creator, knows us and knows what is right and good for us. And therefore, we do not fall into the traps set for us to pull us away, to pull us into unfaithfulness of whatever type. There's a beautiful illustration of faithfulness and unfaithfulness in Scripture, and that is the book of Hosea, in which Hosea, as a prophet of God, uh, is directed to marry a woman named Gomer, who is not a faithful woman before their marriage, and it turns out is not a faithful woman during their marriage. And the book of Hosea uh, is the story of Hosea continually going after Gomer and trying to win her back and establish a loving relationship with her that he knows will fulfill their, their marriage, will fulfill her and fulfill him. But she continues to wander. And as difficult as this would have been for Hosea to endure, it gives us a beautiful picture of the faithfulness of God, because Hosea represents God in this book, and Gomer represents humanity, always walking away, always seeking uh, pleasure or fulfillment outside of relationship with God. But it is only in a relationship with God that we find true, ultimate fulfillment. And God remains faithful. God remains faithful and will continue to seek us and to try to win us back. And the best life is lived when we respond in faithfulness then to God. The truth about faithfulness. The consequences, as we looked at, are the way of death and loss. But we say, or the culture around us says, but you know, monogamy, that's not natural. Tim Keller makes the point that it is indeed natural. Because if you look at the most happy, um, satisfied people, they live as people faithful to their promises faithful to the promises they have made. So we say, uh, the culture says, well, you can't live that way. But you can. And ultimately, that brings the most depth of satisfaction to life. C.S. Lewis um, explains the distinction between repressed desire and suppressed desire. Because you know, the culture tells us and was telling uh, us even back when he wrote in the late 50s that uh, repressed desire, if, if you're not acting on your desires, you're repressing them and that's not healthy. But what he says is repressed desire, repression is subconscious. It's not something you choose to do. Repressed desire is a subconscious uh, denial of the desire that comes out in unhealthy ways throughout life. And you have to deal with that in order to live a healthy life. But suppression is a conscious and healthy decision to say no to desires that you know are not the best thing to follow through with. And it's a healthy thing to say no to your desires, unlike what the culture will tell you that you need to act on every desire you have. God says, say no to your desires. It will, it will strengthen you and it will strengthen your relationship with God. Say no to desires that God says are not right. David Jeremiah 
in one of his books, and I read this in, a, in another sermon, so I don't know uh, who the actor was that is referenced here. Uh, I did look it up, and I couldn't find it, but um, David Jeremiah uh, remembers a TV interview with the famous actor, and the host said to the actor, what makes a great lover? And the actor said, a great lover is someone who can satisfy one woman for all her life and be satisfied by one woman all his life, not someone who goes from woman to woman. Any dog can do that. You see, God has elevated human relationships to a point where we, being in the image of God, relate differently than animals do. And even our sexuality is, is different than animal sexuality, even though culture will tell us it's a need, it's a biological need, you got to follow through with it. No, it is not a need like eating or uh, water or breathing. You can live without it. And it is very different than those needs because it is a spiritual thing as well as a physical thing for human beings. It is very important that we understand this and we have to understand that much of what the culture believes is wrong. They wander aimlessly with no thought to the ultimate way of life, which is the way of truth, which is the way of godliness, and they don't even know it. So what do we do? Well, our tactics are to choose to avoid sin. That's number one. Devin remembers her favorite sermon. It wasn't one of mine, but it was one that had a great impact on her when she was in college. It was delivered by a short, thin, black man who was 75 years old speaking to a bunch of college students. And his theme that he uh, addressed over and over again through the sermon is don't be set up to mess up. Don't be set up to mess up. Don't be set up to mess up. But we have to understand what that means. You know, I've heard the excuse, well, I didn't mean to, or I didn't mean for it to happen so many times in my life. And every time I hear it, I say, who cares? Because it's not about not meaning for it to have happened when it has happened, but a decision before that to say, I mean for it not to happen. I will guard myself so that this does not happen. In verse seven, listen, my sons, do not turn aside from what I say. Keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. In other words, choose that you will not pursue the possibility of this kind of unfaithfulness. Don't let your life be accidental, but choose ahead of time how you will respond. C.S. Lewis referred to falling in love this way. He said, people think falling in love is something quite irresistible, something that just happens to someone, like measles. What he's saying is, and you hear this all the time, and you hear it on the other end too, well, we just fell out of love. What that is saying is that you believe that what 
that love is actually infatuation, and infatuation is love. The two are not the same. Infatuation is a wonderful thing that God created to bring attraction, to uh, get people to come together in, in a relationship, and then infatuation doesn't last. It really can't. It's self-focused. It's what can I get from this person, and it's shallow. But love, love which is a choice to be faithful to commitments, that is deep. And that, that builds up your soul, builds up your spirit, builds you up. And builds up the other in the way God designed us to live. So this equa equating love with infatuation or love with... Um, attraction, initial attraction, is a mistake. James 1, 13 to 15 reminds us that it is important for us to make our decisions ahead of time, to know how we respond when temptation comes. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after, when, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Choose ahead of time that you're not going to mess up. Don't set yourself up to mess up. But make commitment to be faithful. And the solution, part of the solution that is um, presented in um, Proverbs 5, I didn't have read today, but I'll, I'll read it. And any of you who have a slightly... Um, a perverse mind, or you've studied Freud, listen, and you'll understand what uh, is being said. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public square, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you be ever intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? It doesn't take much imagination to understand what is being spoken of there. And what is being spoken of is the relationship between the man and the wife and to cultivate that relationship. Now, some will say, well, I just don't feel it anymore. And I would say, yes, that's the point. The point is not to live by your feelings, but to live by your commitments. And most of the time, your commitments can work. There are times they may not. But as far as it depends on you, stay committed. Stay faithful to what God has revealed and reinvest in the relationships that you've promised yourself to. 
be faithful to your promises, be faithful to your commitments. Marriage is like a garden. You can plant beautiful things in the spring, but if you don't continue to weed, it grows up and it is untended and it is no longer beautiful. It is meant to be tended. Folks, attend your relationships. Reinvest. Reinvest in a love relationship, not a an infatuation relationship, not a feelings alone relationship, but in love, which is a commitment. Reinvest in your commitment, the promises that you have made. And that is how we maintain faithfulness. That is how we reflect the faithfulness of God. And remember this, all desire, all beauty, all longing, point us to the kingdom of God. The ultimate fulfillment of all of our longings, all of our desires will be met in the kingdom of God. And there are many things that promise that fulfillment now, but they will not deliver. Put your hope in the kingdom of God, in the goodness of God, and know that all the longings you have now point you to the ultimate fulfillment of those longings when God's kingdom is established in its fullness. And that way, you can have a depth of satisfaction, a depth of contentment in your relationship with God that allows you to be faithful knowing that anything apart from that is a trap and knowing that ultimate fulfillment comes from being faithful. So let us be faithful.